At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is officially midnight in all the continental 48 states. So a happy Saturday to you all and a happy wild card weekend to you all right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Glad to be able to Get things warmed up on this Saturday because, well, we're going to have you covered all throughout the day. Everything from Point Spread Saturday with Femi Obabefe and company all the way through the end of the day, getting you set for Sunday and beyond. So happy to be here with that. Also going to be giving you guys a lot on college basketball as well here in the final hour. I did wind up hitting on a lot of college basketball in the first two hours, but there's still plenty of games to hit on because, well, there's 130 games that I couldn't talk about 130 games in two hours. So we still got plenty there. If you want to missing the New York Post pick that I want to giving out in the second hour, have no fear. Right around 11.45, or I should say 12.45, 12.50-ish p.m. Pacific time, more like 3.45, 3.50 a.m. Eastern. I'm going to be giving that out as I've got my times mixed up because we're in the twilight zone when you wind up going from Friday to Saturday. But with that said, all you need to know is that we're going to give you guys good information. We're going to get you guys to the window. That's what's important here. We're going to be starting out with that first AFC wildcard game. 141-142 if you're looking on the betting board as it is the Las Vegas Raiders. Going on the road, they're going to be facing off against Cincinnati. Seeing a lot of line movement with regards to this game. You're right now seeing a five out there at DraftKings. Most other places, I'm seeing a five and a half. So we've seen a little bit of a move on this game as it opened six, went to five, now seeing a lot of five and a half total on this game and between 48 and 48 and a half. And when it comes to this game, I think that the Bengals should be able to win this game comfortably. So whether you've got a five, a five and a half, even a six, I'd be willing to lay it here with the Bengals. Now, once you wind up getting to seven, that's pretty much the point of no return. But you take a look at the last time these two teams wound up meeting up. It was in Las Vegas and the Raiders, they just weren't necessarily up to the task in that one. They did wind up losing big time by kind of 32 to 13. And you just take a look back at that game. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, it was a little bit of a calamity for them as they just were unable to get a lot going on the ground because they were down by quite a few points early on in the game. They were able to battle their way back. And then, well, in the fourth quarter, the Bengals wound up opening up the floodgates. Josh Jacobs just signed carries for 37 yards. And I do think that a key for the Bengals or for the Raiders in this game is going to be able to get Josh Jacobs going because in the last three weeks of the season against the Broncos and the Chargers, he was really able to have himself a day. He wound up having north of 250 yards in those two games. So I do think that that is going to be very important. Now, Jacobs has not really been able to bust out a lot of 
big gainers. And if you take a look at his player prop, the over-under on his rushing yards is 59 and a half. If he goes under, I think that the Raiders lose this game by north of a touchdown. If he goes over, I think that there's a relatively solid shot that the Raiders wind up hanging in this game. So I do correlate that prop a little bit with what we're going to be seeing. I think that the Bengals, they are going to be able to take them to task. With the Cincinnati Bengals, they wound up losing last week against the Ravens. Obviously, you don't stick a lot of sock into that. Joe Burrow did not wind up playing in. If you notice, a lot of the defense was dealing with COVID-19 as well. All these guys are back, and I think that this is a Bengals defense that is a little bit underrated. Trey Hendrickson is one of the better pass rushers that nobody ever talks about. Guy out of FAU has been able to give the team 14 sacks this year. He really got the job done. And then you take a look at what you're able to get outside of that. DJ Reader in that front seven. I think that he's going to be able to get some solid rush out there, both in the ground game and also with being able to rush a passer as well. Sam Hubbard has been solid. So I take a look at all these guys. I think that they're going to be fighting on all cylinders. Then you take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals when it comes to their skill guys. Obviously, Jamar Chase from Joe Burrow has been able to do an amazing job. 81 catches, 13 touchdowns, one of the better rookie seasons than we've ever seen, including the 266-yard signature performance that he wound up having against Kansas City. This guy has been absolutely amazing, but I we really don't talk a lot about Tyler Boyd along T. Higgin. Higgin, I felt like him being injured caused a little bit of stagnation when he was out of the fold. He himself in the game against the Baltimore Ravens a few weeks ago had 12 catches for a buck 94. So this is someone that's able to pop off. He's able to have some very good performances for the team. And Joe Mixon, a very underrated running back as well. When it comes to Joe Mixon, I think that he could wind up going over his player prop. That's more around the pocket of about 68 to 70-ish, depending on where you're taking a look at now. He did wind up having 65 rush yards or fewer each out of the last five weeks that he wound up playing him, but it's because they really didn't feature him too much. I feel like defenses were able to lock in on him a tad bit more, but I do think that he is going to be able to bust out against a Raiders defense that, well, let's call it what it is. The Raiders were able to make this big run, but the defense has never really been there ever since John Gruden wound up taking over. Obviously, it's not John Gruden anymore, but I mean, it's a player that was a part of everything that wanted being put together with John Gruden. And it's really hard to have a midseason change and really change your identity. And we noticed that with the Raiders. The Raiders, even when they wanted making this run to the postseason, they're still giving up their points. You do have a little bit more health when it comes to the team, though. Denzel Perryman was dealing with some injuries towards back out of the season. He's back out there. You've got Yanak Ngakwe, who's been able to give you 10 sacks. He was a little bit banged up towards the back half of the season as well. He's going to be fully out there, good to go for the team. So that is going to be able to help out the Raiders a little bit in the spot. And I think that that's going to keep this game a little bit closer. You do have a colder day out there in the great state of Ohio in January. You got to figure that both of these teams are going to be able to run the ball a little bit more. I don't think that this is going to become a situation where the Raiders go from passing over 60% of the time to now running over 60% of the time, contrary to what we wound up seeing in the first game. But I do think that they're going to try to establish Josh Jacobs a little bit more. I think that the Bengals are going to try to establish Joe Mixon a little bit more, which is why I do lean a little bit more to the under in this spot. But I do think that what the Bengals are going to be able to do is that they're going to be able to take away more of the underneath stuff. Hunter Renfro is one of the better slot wide receivers out there in football. Over 100 catches this year. He just week in and week out always finds a way to be able to get open multiple touchdowns against the Chargers in that thrilling game. Obviously, you've had Zay Jones and Brian Edwards be a little bit more of ancillary pieces. And for Darren Waller, I do have a question mark as to how close to 100% he is because he wound up playing for the first time in a little bit over a month against the Chargers. He had two catches for 22 yards. Just from watching him personally, maybe it's just 
the way that I view him. He didn't necessarily look like he was fully 100%. And I think that that's going to be a little bit of a factor here as well. And Derek Carr, in four out of the last five weeks, he wound up throwing at least one interception that one week in which he did not. That was the game against the Chargers. Then I do think that he's going to be had by this Bengals team. And when it comes to the Raiders, this is a team that they're going to need to do more in the secondary. Joe Burrow is a guy that's willing to get loose with the ball as well. But when it comes to this Raiders team, they wound up getting just six interceptions this year as I think the worst mark of any team that want to make in the postseason. So I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue. I think that the Bengals win the turnover battle. I think that the Bengals do a better job of being able to control the ground game. I think that the Raiders are going to be able to something like we wound up seeing a few weeks ago when these two teams wound up playing the Bengals have one of the more underrated defenses in all of football. So I take a look at the spot. One late here with the Bengals, mostly seeing five and a half out there. I personally want to play a five. I'd be willing to advocate for a six in the spot. Once you wind up getting to seven, if we would wind up seeing that line move, I don't think that we will. But if we would, then I think that the boat has been lost here. But with regards to the total, right around 48, 49, depending on where you look, I'm willing to take a look at the under here as well. So I do think that's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a mirror image to what we wound up seeing out here in lovely Las Vegas a, about a month and a half, two months ago. So take a look at an under, and I am willing to play the points when it comes to Bengals. And then the other game that we're going to be seeing on this Saturday with regards to Wild Card Weekend, the New England Patriots, they're going on the road. They're facing off against the Buffalo Bills. Third time this season that these two teams are going to be meeting up. And when it comes to the Bills, you're finding them anywhere between four and a half and five point favorites. Circa behind me, they've got a five. Most other places, you're finding a four and a half. Might find a little bit of juice on there as well, seeing that at DraftKings. And your last game, pretty much 44 across the board. And when it comes to the Patriots, it's been really intriguing the way that they've wanted playing the Buffalo Bills because first time around, as we all remember, that was the infamous game in which you wound up having a bunch of win. Mac Jones wound up throwing the ball three times and very nearly got picked off on the one completion that you wound up having in that game. Meanwhile, Josh Allen, there are the question marks as to can this guy play in cold temperatures? Because as we know, it's going to be quite frigid out there in the lovely city of Buffalo. So that's something that you do want to be taking a look at. Probably going to be highest in the single digits in this game. You're going to be having some wind to boot as well, but I do think that Josh Allen is going to be able to overcome it. I think that it might just be a little bit of a case of a small sample size with Josh Allen not being able to perform in these colder temperatures because, I mean, Josh Allen is a guy that he wound up going to college in Wyoming. We all had the theory of, oh, Josh Allen can't play in front of crowds as well coming into the year as well, and he did just a fine job with regards to being able to adapt to that as well. What I think is going to be really critical for the Bills, being able to establish a little bit of a run game because when this Bills team is more than just one-dimensional with Josh Allen being able to air it out. This team has been absolutely magnificent when it's all been Josh Allen and really nobody else. That's when things wind up being coming a little bit of an issue for the Bills. And if I'm the Bills, I'd be taking a look at perhaps giving Zach Moss the ball a little bit more. A guy that had a pedestrian year, only about three and a half yards per carry. As a rookie, he was able to really get things popping, but he was a little bit of an afterthought in the offense the last few weeks of the season. If you wind up getting him 10 carries and he's able to take the load off of Josh Allen, I think that that would be very beneficial. And then obviously you've got Devin Singletary, who's the main bell cow back, a guy that's able to give you right around 4.6 yards per carry. And you take a look at what he wound up doing towards back at the season. When the Bills wound up ending the season on a four-game win streak, 86 plus yards in three out of those games, he was able to find the end zone in every one of these games with the Patriots. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to hold up in the ground game. We wound up seeing that bear out 
in the first couple games that these two teams wound up playing this season. But I do think that the Bills are going to be able to find a way to be able to get Singletary and to a little bit of a lesser extent Moss going. And then when it comes to this Bills defense in general, I do think that they are going to be able to get some good pressure on the Mac attack. Mac Jones just was very uncomfortable when he actually had to throw the ball. And now the Buffalo Bills know exactly what's going to be coming at them in the ground game as well. And that's something that we need to talk about as well when it comes to the New England Patriots because Damian Harris wound up missing quite a few weeks with regards to injury. So being able to check in on his status, is he going to be fully 100%? I think that that's going to be very critical as well. We're going to continue to take a look at Patriots versus Bills for this upcoming wildcard weekend and then dive into some college basketball as well on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to be able to check out the current betting splits data. This feature gives you insight on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the amount of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is, it, data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here year-round to be able to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com as it is a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Right now, taking a look at these NFL wildcard games. Already went through what I like with regards to game number one between the Raiders and the Bengals. If you want to missing that in the first segment, we're going to be hitting upon that in the final hour along with my New York post play today. When it comes to college basketball, I'm going to be hitting on some college basketball towards back half of the segment as well. But brass tacks needs to be done first Patriots versus bills. And it's a spot in which I'm looking at the bills right now, because the big thing is I just don't know if the Patriots are going to be able to cover up, 
carve up the Bills on the ground like they were able to the first few times because Damian Harris has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment. He was a limited participant in practice all week long. And you take a look at Harris and what he was able to do the first few times these two teams wound up playing. He had 10 carries for a buck 11 in that Monday night game. OJ were able to win. And then he wound up having three touchdowns, all three touchdowns, as a matter of fact, that the Patriots scored when they wound up playing on the day after Christmas. 18 carries, buck 03 in that game. But Last two weeks, Geisen looked like himself. He had a combined 20 carries. He was able to rack up about 67 yards on those. So him not being 100%, I think is going to be a detriment to the team. You're going to be looking at Rodimore Stevenson, who's been able to do an okay job for the team. Able to average four and a half yards per carry at 100 yards for the team a few weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was able to rush for a few touchdowns. But other than that, he's been rather pedestrian. So you do have a couple of issues there. And then when it comes to the New England Patriots, Hunter Henry has been able to be a good go-to guy, but the Buffalo Bills, they do a relatively solid job of being able to bottle up tight ends. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. Isaiah Wynn, the left tackle of this Patriots team, he's going to be out. And this is a Bills team that, though they aren't necessarily terrific at being able to get to the quarterback, they are at the very least competent with that regard. And got a little bit of a banged up linebacking core when it comes to the Patriots. Dante Hightower has missed quite a bit of time this season. He has been dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, so I think that that's going to be a bit of an issue when it comes to the secondary. Jalen Mills is going to be out for this team as well, and you never want to be messing around with kicker injuries. Nick Folk should be able to get, should be able to go in this one, but he's been dealing with some ailments as well, so it's a little bit of a bruised and battered New England Patriots team, which that has me a little bit more out on this team. Now, it's always a hashtag do your role sort of thing, but I mean, Jacoby Myers, be a little bit banged up as well. I think that that could be hurting this team. Very good slot wide receiver for this team. Once again, a guy that wanted being a limited participant in practice all week long. You got to figure that he's going to be good to go. But when it comes to the Patriots, I think that they are going to be had by this Buffalo Bills team. They wound up just throwing at them something completely wonky. The first time these two teams wound up playing it, it was a stroke of genius, in my opinion, for Bill Belichick. And you never want to count Bill Belichick out, but I just take a look at this Buffalo Bills team. I think that they figured them out in game two. If the Patriots wind up trying to do something similar to what they wound up doing in game one, I think that's going to be swallowed up by a Buffalo Bills team that you take a look at them. They were able to improve their defense after they wound up suffering that loss on Monday Night Football. And I do think that they are going to be able to get the Patriots in this spot, especially with the game being at home. I think that that's so critical. And Mac Jones has not shown that he's been able to play in the elements himself. So I take a look at this game. One to late here with the Buffalo Bills. I think that's going to be another low-scoring game. You do have frigid temperatures. I do think that that always plays a little bit of a factor here in this game. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under, and I'm looking at laying the points here with the Buffalo between four and a half. If you have a five out there, would be willing to lay a five as well. And when it comes to college basketball, always willing to take a look at this because we've got 130 games on the betting board. Like I said, if there's anything that you want me to add on, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter, I'll try to fit in as many as I can. The final about 40 minutes here of the show. But how about if we go to a team that I have absolutely no faith in whatsoever? 689, 690 on the betting board. You've got Memphis, and they're going to be hitting the road faceoff against East Carolina. East Carolina find themselves between a 7 and 7.5 point underdog in your tallest game. You're going to be getting it anywhere between a 151 and a 153. It's very obvious as to why I don't have a lot of faith here in Memphis. I wound up saying East Carolina is more around a 4.5 point underdog. Penny Hardaway is right now coaching this team, and I wind up deducting points from Memphis because they just don't really have a coach that really knows what he's doing right now. When it comes to Penny, does a great job of being able to recruit. He does an absolutely amazing job 
of being able to get guys to be able to play for this Memphis team, being able to have them just in the program in general. But when it comes to actually coaching them, 18 turnovers per game, we wound up seeing that calamity of a loss a few days ago against Central Florida where they shot 6 of 18 from three-point range. Now, I think part of that is just guys not necessarily being focused. And when guys aren't focused, you know why that is. The coach. And you take a look at Jalen Duran down low for this Memphis team, and he's going to be dominant. A guy that's able to give you three blocks, seven rebounds per game. You've had Imani Bates look relatively solid the last two games since he's wound up coming back. But with that said, when you take a look at this Memphis team, you've got a bunch of guys that they just cannot take care of the ball. I mean, they are creating more turnovers than Sarah Lee's bakery right now. And then you take a look at East Carolina, Vance Jackson, very well-traveled man, a guy that's been at places like Yukon, New Mexico, Arkansas. I think that he's on like five schools right now. It's a guy that's saying six foot nine has been able to bury right around 40% of his threes. Tristan Newton has been one of the more underrated guards in all of college basketball. He and JJ Miles shoot it very well from three point range. Tristan Noon is able to give you right around 18 or so points per game. And then we take a look at this East Carolina team a little bit further. They've been doing a much better job when it comes to defense. Joe Dooley, I've always felt like is a relatively solid coach. I think that this is honestly a coaching mismatch, which typically you wouldn't be saying that about East Carolina versus Memphis in favor of East Carolina, but I like what Joe, Joe Dooley is able to do. Draymond Robinson White has been able to get the same right around seven points per game. When it comes to East Carolina, this is not a team that's going to be able to do a supreme job on the glass, but they're able to hit their threes. They've been able to do a solid job of being able to cut down on the turnovers. Same cannot be said for Memphis. And I do think that this is going to be an interesting game from a total perspective as well, because Memphis is one of the more up-tempo teams at all of college basketball. They rank in the top 35 with that regard, but Memphis, because of all their turnovers, it winds up shrinking down totals, and Memphis is a hit-or-miss defense because this is a team that they can hold you to 60 on any given night. They can give up 90 on any given night as well, so you've got a big, giant calamity there. I wound up settling in on a total of 147 personally, so I'm taking a look at an under. Now with Memphis, made them more around about a five and a half ish point favorite. I would have been willing to take five and a half if that would have been presented, but I mean here at seven to seven and a half, going to be taking the points here when it comes to East Carolina, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. What else I think is very intriguing is just some of these games involving teams that have been a little bit less than achieving, to say the least. Underachieving, that's the proper way of being able to put it. And you've got one here with Nevada. Hitting the red faceoff against Air Force. 719-720. Nevada finding themselves between a 9 and 9.5 and point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 134.5 and 135.5. I can tell that bookmakers have been really rising these totals because there's no way that an Air Force game should have a total of like 135.5 unless if they're playing against old school Savannah State. This is an Air Force team that with regards to possessions per game, they are in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball. They have not been able to really get things going. But you take a look at Air Force, and what they do a great job of is taking away the three-point arc. Opponents are shooting 28.4% from three-point range off of them, and that goes to 26% when they are at home. Having to play at elevation is very, very difficult. This is a Nevada team that they've got Desmond Cambridge and Grant Sherfield being able to combine for 34 points. You've had Cambridge, who has been able to do a solid job of being able to shoot it from three-point range. Really, both of these guys in the mid-30s, Sherfield, Six and a half assists per game. So I do like what the, both of these guys have been able to bring to the table. But you take a look at Air Force, and I want to saying them as more around a five-point underdog in this spot because you do have A.J. Walker, who was out due to, I believe it was health and safety protocols against Colorado State. And even in that game, without A.J. Walker, main scorers to give the team 17 points per game. This is a 
Air Force team that was able to hang in there in that game. You've had Nick Jackson be able to give you a couple of rebounds for this team. Ethan Taylor's able to throw in there five boards. He's able to give you right around 10 or so points per game. So I do like what he's able to bring to the table for this team as well. And then when it comes to this Air Force Falcons bunch, they just do a great job in general of being able to make things very slow, make life very difficult. Now they themselves turn the ball over right around 15 times per game. The big thing for them is that there aren't as many on ball or there aren't as many live ball turnovers. And by that, I mean, they're not as many steals. This is a Nevada team that they're neither great nor terrible at being able to generate those. Now, this is an Air Force team that's going to get bludgeoned on the glass. They just have not been very good with regards to rebound rate in general. But I do think that with Nevada, they've got a couple of deficiencies there. We've got a guy in Ward Washington who's right around seven feet tall, six and a half rebounds per game. And Will Baker, the transfer from Texas, he's been able to chip in there right around ten and a half points. He's a guy that's able to actually shoot very well from three-point range. But when it comes to Nevada, this is a team that they have not been good at being able to guard the three-pointer. Defense has really been eluding them this season. So I do think that Air Force has a good chance to be able to hang in there. Elevation, I think, is going to be very key in this game. Nevada has not necessarily had the world's greatest success when they've had to go to Colorado Springs as well. So I do think that there's good value here on the under. And I really think that when it comes to college basketball on Saturday, there's going to be a lot of unders because I am noticing a lot of shaded up totals. This is certainly one of them. Taking a look at the under in the spot. And I'm willing to take the points with the home underdogs of Air Force. And coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, we've still got a lot of games on the college basketball betting board that I've yet to hit. So going to hit on more of those next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, have no fear because we've got everything for you at vsin.com slash podcast. We've got every single hour of every single show. Plus, when you wind up going to vsin.com slash podcast, you're able to get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, along Coast to Coast Soup with myself, Greg Pearson. Just wound up uploading a four-hour and six-minute extravaganza, taking a look at every single game on the college basketball betting board for today. The Lombardi line, follow the money, hardwood handicappers, list goes on and on. We've got them all available at vcin.com. They're all free, and they're available there. Or wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on, as it is a great Peterson experience with myself, Greg Pearson. Just take a look at some college basketball this segment. In the final segment, going to tie a bow around everything, give you my New York Post play of the day for this college basketball Saturday. Hit on what I like with regards to the NFL for the two games today. I have no fear with regards to the Sunday games. We'll be hitting upon those tomorrow. So we've got you all covered there. All the T's crossed and the I's dotted. But how about if we dive into number one, taking the floor in college basketball, 735, 736. Baylor is going to be playing us Oklahoma State. Cowboys are finding themselves a 13 and a half point underdog. Total on this game is between 142 and 142 and a half. And this is an Oklahoma State team that I think is very intriguing in that this is a bunch of which they are actually playing at one of the more up-tempo styles in all of college basketball. They just aren't necessarily really efficient because take a look at Oklahoma State. This should be a very much over team with the way that they've been playing because they're 32nd in the country with regards to possessions per game. Problem is, this is a team that they shoot sub 30% from three-point range. They turn the ball over 15 times per game, and they're going to have to go up against a Baylor team that has been doing a little bit of everything right now with Baylor. 
The one thing that you fear with them as well is their free throw shooting. This is a Baylor team that when it comes to percentage at the free throw line, they're 303rd in the country at 66.4%. But you do have James Akinjo, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, along with Kendall Brown. All these guys are able to combine for right in the neighborhood about 51 points per game. Akinjo has been shooting about 38% from three-point range, 77.5% at the free throw line. You have Flagler is able to give out three and a half assists per game. And for Akinjo, he does give out six assists per game now. The 3.3 turnovers per game have been a little bit costly for this team from time to time. So that is a little bit of an issue when it comes to this Baylor team. But when it comes to Baylor as well, what you've got is the Energizer Bunny download. Jonathan Chamwa, Chachua, I absolutely love his overall game. A guy that is able to give you right around seven and a half rebounds per game. You've had Flo Thumba be able to give you a block per contest. Now Jeremy Shane has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. So that's a bit of an issue. But then you take a look at this Oklahoma State team, and they do a good job of being able to generate seals. Really, both of these teams do. With Baylor, they give you right around 10 or so seals per game, one of the top teams in all of college basketball in that regard. And then you take a look at Oklahoma State, and Isaac Likely is likely going to be the most versatile player out there on the floor. A guy that's able to give you right in the neighbor about 7.5 points, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 2.5 per game. Promise, once again, mentioned it a little bit earlier. This is an Oklahoma State team that... They shoot 29.1% from three-point range. They shoot 66% in the free line. You are able to get right around five and a half blocks per game out of these guys as well. Caleb Boone down low, block it after contest. And then you've got Keelan Boone, who's been able to shoot right around 36.5% from distance, six and a half points per game. And then Bryce Williams, Avery Anderson, these two guys combined for 4.2 steals, 22 points per game. So both of these guys have been relatively solid. But I think that this is going to be a relatively tough spot here for Oklahoma State. I'm just not necessarily bullish on this offense in general. I do think that Oklahoma State is going to be held down in this game. I do think that this is going to be a total in which goes under. I want to say this total more around 137 just because with Oklahoma State, I think that they're going to be turning the ball left, right, and sideways. And for Baylor, I want to say them as a 14-point favorite. So 13 and a half is really the max I'd be willing to lay, but I am willing to lay the 13 and a half in this spot. So willing to lay it here, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. How about if we take a look at a team that has been overachieving versus a team that, well, they haven't necessarily been living up to expectations out there in the ACC. 717-718, you got Virginia. They're going to be playing us to Wake Forest. Wake Forest find themselves a 3.5-point underdog. John's game is anywhere between 128.5 and 129. And when it comes to this Wake Forest team, I've been very bullish on them. Steve Forbes, I think, is one of the more underrated coaches in all of college basketball. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you're able to get out of this Cavaliers bunch, and it's been a tough state of affairs for them. You do have a guy in Armand Franklin is being able to shoot only 23% from three. Coming in from Indiana, you were expecting a lot more from him, 12 points per game. So he's been solid with regards to just putting the ball in the basket in general, but hasn't been able to hit those threes. And then you take a look at what you're able to get out of Jaden Gardner. He, for East Carolina, from East Carolina, is able to give you right around 14 points of that board. So he should be able to do a solid job down low. But you take a look at Alondis Williams. And Williams has been one of the biggest transfer wire pickups in all of college basketball over 20 points, six half rebounds, five and a half assists. Now I will say in that game against Duke, you did wind up having a couple too many turnovers, seven to be exact that wound up hurting him. And Davian Williamson was dealing with a little bit of an ailment in that game against Duke. He was able to play, but you could tell that he wasn't hundred percent coming in off the bench. He should be a little bit healthier in this spot as well. When it comes to Virginia, they still play at the slowest pace in all of college basketball, but they've been a little bit more of an over team this year because when it comes to this Virginia bunch, it certainly has been a team that they have been 
not necessarily doing as much on defense with regards to their efficiency, more on 65th in the country, which is why you do see this. So anywhere between 120 and a half and 129. Now, I do think that Virginia is going to get a little bit more back to basics in this spot. I wound up saying my total more around a 126. So I'm willing to take it under in this spot, but with Wake Forest, I think that they go on the road and I think that they're able to win this game outright because with Wake Forest, you do have guys like Kadeem Sai who will be able to pick up pick it up down low, five plus rebounds in four of the last five games. I think that they're going to be able to do a good job against Jaden Gardner. And then Jake Laravia, who winds up coming in from Indiana State, 15 points. He's been able to shoot about 38% from three-point range, gives you six boards per game, and also gives you three and a half assists per game. This is a Wake Forest team that they do a good job of being able to share the ball. Wake Forest, not necessarily great, not necessarily terrible at either keeping care of the ball or turning the ball over. So they've been a little bit more average there, but they just really bludgeon you inside. They are in the top 10 in all of college basketball in terms of two-point shooting percentage. I think that they're going to do a great job of being able to get the ball inside. I think that there's just going to be too many options for Virginia to be able to handle in this spot with Virginia. You do have a pair of guys in Reese Beekman along Kia Clark that combine for a little bit over eight assists per game, but neither of these guys are necessarily prolific scorers in their own right. So I do think that Wake Forest goes on the road. They win the scheme outright. I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line. Once again, with the total, I set this more around at 126. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under, and I am going to be taking a look at that money line when it comes to what we're all seeing out there in the ACC as well. I think that a favorite that is at home is going to be able to get the job done here a little bit later on in the day. 753, 754, Virginia Tech going to be playing us in Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a six to six half point underdog in your tallest game is 132. And what I've noticed with Notre Dame is that this is just a completely different team home to road. At home, they were able to take down Clemson a couple days ago. They've got that big win over Kentucky. And then on the road, it's just been a little bit of a house of horrors for them wherever they've went. So that's a bit of an issue. You've got a Notre Dame team that when you take a look at them from three-point range, they've been relatively okay. Not necessarily a Notre Dame team as lighting the world on fire, but at the same time, they've been able to be, for lack of a better term, serviceable. Then you take a look at the flip side for Virginia Tech. And for Virginia Tech, I was expecting a little bit more defensively from this team. They're a very well-rounded, versatile team. They shoot about 39% from distance. They did wind up losing a couple pieces in the offseason, but a guy like a Naheem Alim who's been able to give you right around 9.5 points per game has been relatively solid for the team. And for Virginia Tech, what I love about them is that they do a good job of being able to guard the arc. They are ninth in college basketball in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage at 26.7% when it comes to Virginia Tech as well. You've also got Kevi Aluma. They will give you... 15 and a half points, right around six boards per game. Now, I do think that Paul Atkinson is going to be able to play relatively well against him. Paul Atkinson has been a little bit more of the traditional big man for the team. And then you got the big Nate Lazowski for Notre Dame. He's been able to give you eight points, seven and a half rebounds per game. But Nate Lazowski has been just all over the place for the team because he has had some really, really good performances. And then he's just had a couple performances where he's laid an egg. So I don't think that those stats are necessarily representative of him because you take a look at what he's been able to do over his last, I would say, six or seven games. And it's really been a feast or famine sort of showing for him. When it comes to Nate Lazowski, he's really big in trying to get guys like Blake Wesley open as well because he's a little bit of a good passer as a big man as well. But you take a look at what he's done out here in the... ACC conference and it's just been 
interesting to say the least. And also, whenever he's hit the road, he's only been able to average right around eight points per game. So I do think that that's a tad bit of an issue when it comes to Virginia Tech. Even though this is a team that they don't necessarily have ideal size, I think that they're going to be able to hold him down. I do think that with Virginia Tech in general, you are going to be able to see someone like a Storm Murphy be able to step up. A guy that has an essay had the world's greatest year, but you've got a lot of pieces out there in the backcourt. You've got a Notre Dame team in which guys like Prentice Hub, along with Trey Wirtz, that were instrumental to the team last season. They've been playing a little bit more of an ancillary role as well. They haven't been able to score as much, so it's been a little bit of a disjointed unit. I am willing to lay it here with Virginia Tech. With Virginia Tech, I want to make them a little bit more of a eight-point favorite. So, one to lay it here. Total, I made right around a 130 because I mentioned it. When it comes to Virginia Tech, they do a great job of being able to guard the three-point arc. You've got a pair of teams that they rank in the bottom 100 with regards to possessions per game. So, I do think that things are going to be held down quite a bit. I'm willing to take an under in this spot. And with Virginia, if I had to, I'd be willing to lay up to eight in this spot when it comes to them. We've got one segment left of the Greg Peterson experience. We're going to be hitting upon what I like in the NFL for this Saturday, both games with regards to side and total. And then we're going to be hitting upon my New York post play of the day in college basketball and just a couple other games that catch my eye in college basketball as well. That's up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dan special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do now through April 5th. For just $69, sign up now and you'll get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breaking down every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to be able to sign up today. As you're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, final segment for me right here on vcin, but we're just getting warmed up right here on vcin. 
starting around 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Femi Obabefe and company coming at you with point spread Saturday. And then you've got yourself just all wall-to-wall NFL and college basketball coverage with things like betting across America, all of our shows here on VEASAN. We've got you covered there, the VEASAN Bet Center. And then I wrap things up with the Greg Peterson Experience at 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern. Do it all again. Take a look at some college basketball and then the NFL Sunday card as well. So it is the cycle of life. I am very happy to be aboard today and always happy to be able to give out a pick in the New York Post. I do one every single day for college basketball. Unfortunately, they can't fit in there 130 sides at 130 totals or else I would be more than willing to do that because we've got about 130 games in college basketball today. But what we wind up doing is we're going to be going with Mississippi State today against Alabama. If you're looking on the betting board, you're going to be finding this a little bit further down the list at 751, 752. What I wound up giving out, and I love that they put it correctly on here, the spread in the game because I'll be honest with you, they always give you the overnight line. So what I'm going to be actually giving out is going to be determined by what it winds up being right around, I would say, like, 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 a.m. Pacific. Right now, as we're seeing this game, it's anywhere between one to one and a half that Mississippi State is laying 751, 752 with your total. And we're between 152 and a half and 153. And when it comes to Mississippi State, I set them as six and a half point favorite. If this line winds up moving by six points, then I'm just going to be like, well, there's not much you can do there. But you do take a look at Mississippi State, and this is a team that what they really allow with regards to their points is from the three point arc. They allow about 42.9% of their points from three. Out of 358 D1 teams, that is actually in the top 15 with regards to percentage of their points that they allow coming from beyond the arc in terms of most. And when it comes to Mississippi State as well, this is a team that do a great job on the glass. You've got so many guys that are able to pound the glass. Now, Tolu Smith, it seems like he has a chance to be able to play in this game. But with Tolu Smith, if he does wind up playing, he'll probably be on a little bit more of a limited basis. So I pretty much factor him factored him out of this game if he does wind up playing a little bit of extra credit for lack of a better term here for Mississippi State but what you are going to have is Iverson Molinar. Iverson Molinar has been not necessarily getting it going from three-point range. He last year shot right around 43% from distance but he is someone that has been able to still give you right around 17 points per game a little bit over four assists per game and though Rocket Watts has been a big giant bust for the team the guy who hasn't been Shaquille Moore who winds coming in from NC State he's been able to shoot 40 plus percent from three-point range has been able to do a quality job of being able to give the team right around 10 or so points per game and then down low Garrison Brooks has really been terrific for the team he and DJ Jeffries have been able to combine for 21 and a half points just under 12 rebounds per game Brooks shooting 43 and a half percent from three-point range, you got a Mississippi State team that they get right around four and a half blocks per game as a collective. So they've been able to do an absolutely magnificent job there. And they really don't foul as well. They're in the top 25 with regards to fewest free throw attempts by their opponents at all of college basketball. And then you take a look at Alabama. This is a team that they just have not been able to lock down on defense outside the top 150 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. And I brought up the set about what we've been seeing out of this Mississippi State defense allowing a lot of three-point shots. Alabama's right now shooting as collective about 32% from three-point range. That is one of the lesser marks in all of college basketball. You'd never picture Alabama being this bad with regards to the three-point shooting. Javon Quinterly right now shooting 25% from three-point range. He's been able to give the team 15 points per game. Jaden Shackelford, he's been able to can him at about a 38.5% clip. He's been able to give the team 16 points per contest, so he's been able to do a solid job there, but Take a look at J.D. Davidson. Very well-rounded player. Eight and a half points, right around four and a half points per game. But you don't necessarily have that 
explosive big man down low for this team. I was thinking that maybe you get a little bit more out of Noah Gurley. You transferred in from Furman. Seven and a half points, three and a half rebounds per game. It's been relatively pedestrian. Jawan Gary, they'll chip in there right around four and a half boards per game as well. But depth has really been eluding the team because Nobari Burnett along James Rojas. Both of these guys have yet to be able to play this year due to injury. So you've been having a lot of depth pieces hurt a Alabama team that they play very up-tempo, which means that these guys wind up getting tired late in games as well. And I think that that's a little bit of a factor. Now with Mississippi State, I think that they're going to try to get their tempo. And I think that they're going to succeed in being able to do so. I want to say this little more on a 148 and a half as a result. So I'm going to be taking a look at an under for Mississippi State. This team ranks 350th in the country with regards to possessions per game and at home. They actually play a little bit slower as well. Alabama, they're looking to pump it up. They're 25th in the country with regards to their possessions per game rate. And I do think that Mississippi State is going to be able to slow down an Alabama team that I don't think that they're going to be able to get cooking from three-point range, even though Mississippi does allow quite a few of their points from three-point range. They still do a relatively solid job of being able to guard the arc. So New York Post play today, we're going to be going with Mississippi State, and I'm going to be going with the under in this game as well. But obviously for the post, you can only give out one. So we are going to be going with Mississippi State there. Wind up hitting upon these a little bit earlier in the hour, but what I like in the NFL is a pair of favorites and a pair of unders. When I wound up filing this in a few hours ago, you wound up seeing the Bengals versus Raiders. So it'll be more around a 49. Right now, we're seeing more of a 48 to 48 and a half with the Bengals now being about a five and a half point favorite across the board. I'm willing to lay both the five and a half and the 48 and a half that we see a little bit more updated now when it comes to Cincinnati. I think that they're going to be able to do to the Due to the Raiders, what they wound up doing time number one when they wound up coming to Las Vegas. I think that both teams are going to try to establish to run a little bit more in this game as well. Because obviously, you are going to be having a game in Ohio in the state of January. It does get a little bit chilly out there. You do wind up having the elements wind up coming into play there. And when it comes to this Bengals team, I just think that the duo of T. Higgins along with Jamar Chase is going to be able to just be able to trump whatever the Raiders are going to be able to throw at them with the Raiders. Secondary has not necessarily been terrific for the team. They've been dealing with quite a few injuries along their front seven as well. So I do think that Joe Burrow going to be able to stay upright. The big fear for the team has always been, what are you going to be able to get out of the offensive line? I think that it's going to be quite solid in this game. And then for the Raiders, I mean, you give them all the credit in the world, but Derek Carr is just a little bit of a turnover machine. 14 interceptions this season, I will say, did a great job leading the Raiders through all this as we know. They wound up going through a lot with having John Gruden wind up getting canned earlier in the season. You did wind up having the whole Henry Ruggs situation. So as a leader himself, I do give a lot of credit to Derek Carr. But at the same time, he's thrown an interception for the last five weeks. That one week was actually last week. And for the Raiders, their secondary has got six interceptions in 17 games this year. So I do think that the Bengals are going to win the turnover battle. I think that they're going to do a good job of being able to bottle up Josh Jacobs. So I take a look at this game. I look at the under, and I'm willing to lay it here with the Bengals. And I know that there's a lot of people on the Bills, but I'm not really one to concern myself with how the public is betting, how the Sharps are betting or everything like that. I'm just concerned about my own bet being able to win. I don't care if anyone else's bet wins or loses. I just care about my own. And what I like here is the Bills laying right around four and a half seeing a lot of fives out there right now as well. But when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, I do think that they're going to be able to take it to the Patriots out of the Patriots, do a good job with their secondary. I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game as a result. But when it comes to Mac Jones, he wound up having some big time issues. The last time he wound up going up against the Buffalo Bills in that game in which he wound up playing on the 26th, wound up throwing a pair of picks, wound up completing 
under 45% of his passes as well. This is a Buffalo secondary that has been relatively solid. And then you take a look at the Patriots that they themselves have been good. But the big thing is Damian Harris is dealing with an injury. The last two weeks, he's had 20 carries for about like 75 yards. So that has been a little bit of an issue. You got to be monitoring if he's going to be able to be even close to 100% for this team. For this team, you got to figure that he's going to be out there, but I think that he's going to be missing a little bit. And then the left tackle of this team, Isaiah Wynn, he is going to be out as well. That's a blindside protection. This is a Bills team that they don't necessarily get the world's greatest pass rush on quarterbacks, but I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job of making life miserable for Mac Jones. There's a little bit of a narrative out there that Josh Allen can't play in cold weather. I think that that's a little bit overblown. The guy has been playing his entire NFL career out there in Buffalo, was drafted out of Wyoming. So I do think that this guy is UC elements. I think that he's going to be able to just put that myth to rest. And I do think that the Buffalo Bills, just a better team in this spot. I think that Devin Singletary is going to be able to get it going to a little bit of a lesser extent. Zach Moss, I think that they're going to look to gash the Patriots in that fashion. So I'm taking a look at the Bills, laying the points, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under as well. And when it comes to just this college basketball board in general, obviously there's 130 games. It's hard for me to be able to give you picks and analysis on every one of those in this show. So that's why we've got the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast right here on the VSIM family podcast. You're able to subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, whether you're looking for stuff like analysis on the Baylor game that I want to pitting up on a little bit earlier, all these ranked teams, or if you really want to get exotic, Florida A&M versus Arkansas Pine Bluff, I've got you covered there, so have no fear, and we've got you covered all throughout the day right here on VSIN, the family of the sports betting network, as we've got just a whole bunch of coverage coming up for what is going to be a big NFL and college basketball Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.